have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Thursday, October 19th. 2017 edition. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to tune into the program. And what a program it is. It's going to be a barn burner. My guest tonight is a good friend of the program. It is always a pleasure to have him on the show to weigh in on all things crazy. I gave him the nickname years ago, the instigator of the airwaves. And let me tell you, he's lived up to the handle. It is my good friend, Dave Hodges, the common sense man. Dave Hodges, welcome to the program, sir. It is a pleasure to have you on. Oh, Sheila, it's great to be back with you, uh, the goddess of the airways and the defender of truth and justice. And you know how much I admire your work on the power of prayer. You did so much good with that book and are continuing to. So it's an honor to be here. Well, thanks, Dave. Well, speaking of, as Christians, we're looking around and we're thinking, uh, Dave, are the gods of America coming down? The NFL attendance is diving faster than Megyn Kelly's ratings. (laughs) Tinseltown cockroaches scattering, throwing everyone under the bus. All hell, it looks like, Dave, is breaking loose in Hollywood, as I call it. The New World Order is being dismantled one step at a time by Trump. Oh, and isn't it interesting that Trump could soon release the JFK murder? Ironically, it was JFK who said, remember this, Dave, for we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. And you know what else he said? Ironically, it's dissenters are silenced, not praised. How ironic is it that the Trail of Vegas eyewitness bodies are growing in a manner reminiscent to his very assassination. That is fascinating, isn't it? It is. In fact, I've written some articles where I've made references and parallels between the killing off of the Kennedy witnesses and comparing that to what's happening with regard to the Vegas massacre. You take Jesus Campos for a second. What a brave man he is. And he comes out and basically says, hey, look, this is not what happened. And he has forced the authorities, as they call them, to revise their timeline, not once, but twice. And then moments before he's to go on Sean Hannity and then four other stations, he disappears. And then you've got Kimberly Sukumal, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. I have to tell you, I was moved to tears when I read her Facebook account. It just drove a stake into my heart. This poor, young, beautiful young lady, a mom, she's there enjoying a concert with her friends. She runs for her life. She escapes, and she does nothing but try to tell the truth on Facebook. She's not being vindictive or angry. She's scared, and she's telling the story about how scared she is. And her husband goes to work right after the Facebook post at 4.30 in the morning. And her grandmother came over to the house to assist with her daughter at 8.30 in the morning and found her dead in bed. I stopped believing in coincidences a long time ago, Sheila. Well, and at the time that Dave and I are recording this, just hours ago, Campo, who had disappeared, where does he resurface? Not on Fox News where he was scheduled, not in a grand jury helping them determine facts about the worst mass shooting in American history. He appears on a chat show. Hmm. Well, who owns the Mandalay Bay Hotel? Um, MGM Resorts International. And who sponsors the Ellen DeGeneres show? MGM Resorts International. And who has a partnership arrangement and slot machines? with the MGM Resorts International, Ellen DeGenerate. But I'm sure that is just a staggering coincidence. 
I know. And, and you know, I know. And what happened to Chad Nishimura mysteriously drops off the face of the earth after he gives his statement to his local authorities. Not just that, but Dave, take this thing in its entirety. When you step back and take a macro view, give us your take on what's going on with all this. Well, let me tell you what I've learned, Sheila. And uh, we'll get into some things I can document publicly with open source intelligence. And then there's things that I have been told that I have not been able to document publicly. And I don't know if I ever will be able to. But give me a few moments to give you the background here. Let's go back to 2016. And Rodrigo Duterte is elected president of the Philippines. And one of his first actions is to execute 2,000 drug dealers. This draws the attention of President Barack Hussein Obama, and he requests a meeting with this man and does so publicly as if to call him out. And I'm thinking, my gosh, Barack, are you admitting that you're somehow protecting drug dealers? And what does Duterte do? Well, he's been called the Donald Trump of the Philippines for good reason. He comes out and he calls Obama the son of a whore and, excuse my language, but an SOB. And boy, it's fight on. And Obama promptly cancels his scheduled trip to the Philippines. And then Donald Trump is elected. They meet briefly right after the inauguration. And what does Duterte do? He goes back to the Philippines, ostensibly with information gleaned from the American intelligence community that Trump has a handle on, and he immediately arrests 3,000 online child sex traffickers. But then he pivots towards China, and he says, I like Donald Trump, but he's not even in control of his own administration, as we know. And this is very early on in the Trump administration. So he pivots towards China and says, I will do no more military drills with the United States. And then Putin kind of rushes in. And then what does Duterte get for his trouble? An ISIS series of attacks on Filipino cities. And I know this this is not publicized in the media, but I have learned that Russia actually supplied arms and some advisors to Duterte to put down this ISIS rebellion. Now, let's cycle this relationship forward to the Vegas massacre. First of all, we know that Paddock was working out of the Philippines. We know he does Air America flights. And when you do that, that means guns, drugs, and kids are being trafficked. And he is an old-style Air America pilot working for the CIA. And he has the Filipino girlfriend, he has the Filipino roots, and he was very much part of this clandestine operation. But I don't believe he was a shooter. I believe he was a supplier. And, uh, you know, without going into the boring forensic detail, I'll just give you one. I have played the recordings for a multitude of military people, and they say, what we hear, Dave, is an M60 machine gun, and I explained to me how that works. And they said, well, you'd basically have to hold it in one arm and belt feed it with the other if you were by yourself. And a 64-year-old man that's out of shape could not do that, especially leaning over at a 20-degree angle out of a 30-second floor story building. And they said, there's no way that he did this. And I don't think the man it's another Oswald situation. They have categorized a lone nut assassin, and just like Lee Oswald, a lone nut assassin, just like Sirhan Sirhan, the killer of Bobby Kennedy, a lone nut assassin, and the killer of Martin Luther King, a lone nut assassin. And it's like, I can read from their playbook. I know exactly what they're going to do. I published within hours that they were going to frame a lone nut assassin. But Paddock is CIA. I don't believe that was his body that's in the pictures. He has a 13 tattoo, and I'll get to the importance of that in a second. And yet, in the body shot where you can't recognize his face because his face is blown away, there's no 13 tattoo. Now, why is this significant? Seven hours before the shootings in Vegas, two hours before I'm to go on the air, I have contact with my very best contact, the man that gave me all the Benghazi information, and he tells me, Dave, you know about the Antifa threat to start a civil war by any means necessary. And I said, yes, everyone's talking about it. He said, what they're not talking about is MS-13 and ISIS are part of this. Now, let's link back and connect some dots. MS-13, 13 tattoo on the man's neck, and ISIS is claiming that he converted. ISIS has taken responsibility, and I just interviewed Robert David Steele about 10 days ago and as from the CIA, and he said ISIS has never made a claim for a job they didn't do. That's our experience. And so you have Paddock, who was part of MS-13, 
and he was the gun runner. And MS-13 are the assassins for the drug cartels and various terrorist groups. And I believe this was an MS-13 slash ISIS operation, and Paddock was set up to be the patsy Lee Harvey Oswald style. Oh, yeah. And the FBI, they're looking to tie up loose ends and scrub everything Well, as a matter of fact, my listeners sent me pictures. These are billboards appearing all across Nevada. A citizen spy program, if I ever saw one. Dial 1-800-CALL-FBI. So I called the number on the billboard, Dave. And what do I reach? The Federal Bureau of Investigation's Major Case Contact Center. If you see something, say something. Kind of reminds us of Janet Reno. Well, I meant Janet Napolitano. Yeah, you almost said Janet Reno, the forerunner to yeah, Janet exactly. Napolitano. <laughs> yeah, birds of a feather flock together. But anyway, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I will tell you this too. I produced a warning and I said, witnesses to what happened. Speak to nobody. If you've put something in social media, scrub it immediately. Your life is an extreme danger. And I wrote that when Kimberly was killed uh, and right after Compost had disappeared. And it was really clear to me what was beginning to happen. They're killing off the witnesses and disappearing them. And I said, do not talk to the FBI. Do not talk to anybody. You saw nothing. And I said, and don't worry about doing your civic duty. We in the independent media have enough information right now to prove this was a false flag. We've already successfully done so. We don't need you to put your life at risk. And if anybody's listening to my voice and you were at that concert, you were not at that concert. You saw nothing. You need to be Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. I see nothing. And I mean that sincerely, folks. Your life is at risk if you open your mouth. Predictably, in the aftermath of this shooting, which again, you and I are convinced is just another government false flag involving multiple shooters. What is the U.S. Congress doing? Oh, big surprise, taking aim at our guns. At least 16 gun control bills have been filed in Congress since the Vegas shootings. You know, the bodies were barely cold when Hillary Clinton was talking about suppressors. We saw the NRA cave on the bump stocks. What's going on with this gun grab, Dave? Well, I will say this about the NRA. Um, I'm not a member. I have supported the NRA. I've interviewed people from the NRA. But I have to tell you, the NRA is betraying their membership. They should make no concession on gun rights. None. Because, see, inch by inch, it's a cinch, and they're going to get all of our guns. This is a progressive move and the NRA is buying into it, pardon the pun, lock, stock, and barrel. And the members of the NRA need to either leave the organization until the leadership resigns or recall the leadership of their organization. The NRA should know how this goes. That's the frustrating thing. And folks, if you have not listened to that gun roundtable I did with Chuck Baldwin, Craig the Sawman Sawyer, former Navy SEAL, former SWAT, Sig Swanstrom, Gun Owners of America, Larry Pratt. It was so good. But Dave, here's my question. I mean, this was a pretty big operation. As far as shooters, what's your assessment here? Um, There's really clear evidence. You know, Mike Adams has nailed this, probably on top of the Oasis Hotel, the Oasis building. There was a shooter. Mike Adams did forensic testing, and uh, that's over on his website at naturalnews.com. Great, great analysis. Uh, Also, we see muzzle flashes on the fourth floor, and there are eyewitness accounts saying there was a helicopter gunship that was also firing down on the people. And in the words of Kimberly Sukumel, she was pursued by men on the ground. She saw men on the ground shooting people. So this was a pretty big operation. I mean, I couldn't begin to put a number on it, but I think it's more than a dozen. I think it's probably less than 30. That would be my guess just from looking at the eyewitnesses. But here's something that's not really being discussed enough. And I wrote an article on this just, I think, either the second or the third day after the event. There was a lady named um, oh, just Renee Down, and she was in the ground floor, first floor, of a bar at the Bellagio Hotel when automatic gunfire took out the windows and there's glass everywhere. Her husband throws her onto the ground and jumps on her. This is her account now on her cell phone video. Now, the cell phone video is being shot on the third floor of the Bellagio. And you see all these people, and I have this on one of the articles I wrote about it, and you see all these people in the hallway. Some of them have their luggage because they obviously didn't get to the room, and they're being held against their will. Uh, She tried to leave through an outside door on video. This is on video. Her and her husband open the door. They walk out. 
can we leave? Security guard, get back in there and close the door. So these people were being held against their will so they couldn't tell their side of the story. And these shots took place before the Mandalay Bay incident. In other words, it's really easy to surmise that the Bellagio was attacked to draw first responders there while the gunmen who are attacking the main target would have more time to carry out their acts. This video is compelling, and Renee better watch her backside. You know, let me digress for a minute, okay? I'm friends with a guy, I've met him, and we're not best buddies yet, but we're on our way, and his name's Darren Dammy. He's a talk show host, uh, at least for a while, on KTAR FM Radio 92.3 in Phoenix. It's the largest talk news station in the state. It's huge, huge broadcast range, and this man sounds like me. This is what everyone who listens to him locally, who follows my show, says, Dave, you got a clone. I think this guy's your twin. (laughs) And I've been on his show, and Darren's been on mine, and I quote him quite often. And he's covering all this. He's already got it down to a second shooter. But let me tell you what he revealed on his show recently. It's something that I wrote about in April of 2015. Uh, Darren's just getting around to it, not because he didn't know about it, but when you're in the mainstream, you got to build your case very, very carefully carefully and you can leave no stone unturned because your enemies will destroy you and they'll take you off the air immediately so he has to document everything and it's a slow tedious process but here's what he revealed on his show he said and this is when the fbi came out with the files that the fbi had indeed investigated hillary clinton and bill clinton for selling uranium taken illegally now they don't have that in the story but this is what i uncovered that was taken illegally from blm land this is what the original bundy case was about and they sold it to the russians and hillary got over 191 million dollars bill got paid a half a million dollars a pop to go to moscow and give speeches by putin and i just want to remind everybody that in 1953 julius and ethel rosenberg were executed for selling nuclear secrets to stalin and the soviet union here's a woman and a husband who is selling nuclear-grade material to the Russians. I mean, it's a capital crime, and I do think she should stand trial and punishment should be meted out. But what's interesting is they named Uranium One. Now, let me back up to two years ago, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago to be exact. Sheila, what I said in there was not an original Dave Hodges discovery. I'd like to stick my chest out and say, yeah, baby, that was me. No, that wasn't me. That was the New York Times. The New York Times reported this, and they identified the company as Uranium One, and I started looking into it, and two days later, man, I had a whole lot of stuff that was not in the New York Times. I couldn't believe the Times covered it. I was, I'm still stunned to this day. I got a hard copy of the article because, of course, they scrubbed it at a later time, but that is making news now on KTR Radio, and it came out today on AOL News, their little news feed for AOL's web service, and it, it basically said that Comey was actually investigating this event with, guess who, special prosecutor Robert Mueller. I'm going, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. They had this on Clinton, and now we find out, we obviously know, she set up a private server to keep this off the books. This is part of the 33,000 emails that she was exonerated from. Loretta Lynch is involved in the cover-up. My God, it's the mafia running the government. We talked about the FBI finding evidence of a Russian bribery plot prior to Clinton's Uranium One deal. We've been talking about this whole Russian concussion, this collusion delusion. Are they going to start looking into this Russian plot to control American uranium? You mentioned Comey. We've confirmed that disgraced former director James Comey drafted a letter exonerating Hillary Clinton months before interviewing any key witnesses in the email server scandal. Is Hillary Clinton this Teflon snake more impervious to accountability than even her predator rapist husband, Dave? Um, What happened to the Russian collusion now? Well, there is a Russian collusion. It's called Hillary and Bill and, and Putin. And, and the subject is uranium. So, yes, there is Russian collusion. They're just looking in the wrong direction. And, you know, they don't want you to look over here. No, don't look over here. And there's nothing to see. But look over here at Donald with our fabricated stories. And you know what's interesting? Who's Iran aligned with? Russia. If we have a war in the Middle East... 
who's going to be given nuclear weapons to use against us in Israel? Russia will give Iran nuclear weapons. <laughs> well, there's no Russian collusion with Donald Trump, but there sure as heck is with Hillary Clinton. And uh, Darren Dammy, the talk show host I'm referring to here, he said on his most recent show about this that uh, my money is on that Hillary will never see a day in jail. And he's exactly right. We are living in a country where the rule of law is dead. We simply make up the rules as we go along, and the deep state is everywhere, and there's no way to get rid of it. By the way, Sheila, I want to tell you something here, okay? I had Paul Martin tell me today, he said, Dave, you need to get an automatic opener for your car that can turn your car on. Wow. And I knew I knew exactly what he meant. And I said, why? Well, he and another person, and I'm going to leave some names out here because I don't want to destroy confidences, but someone who I know was blamed by Jeff Sessions for leaking information to me. And what that means is the administration, and Jeff Sessions is compromised, totally compromised. Yeah. And Jeff Sessions is watching yours truly. And this is what led to Paul's comment. And how sure am I of this? Well, I'm not going to tell you who the people are involved who related this to me, just out of respect. But I will tell you, it's not the first time this has happened. I know that some of the Trump people have looked at my stuff, and that's come back to me through ex-members of the CIA and so forth. And the reason I bring this out is, Sheila, this is what irritates me with some people. Most of the people that follow our work are great. God-fearing, loving people, and they just want a fair America to live in. They want their kids and grandkids to just have a chance at an honest and fair life with some freedom and be able to worship God as they see fit. And this is what most of our audiences want. But unfortunately, there are some people out there, and some of them are trolls, and some of them are just crazies. And they'll write to me, and they'll say just horrible things, like when I wrote about the uh, the Uranium One deal. And I got criticized so bad that you have no credibility, Hodges. You're a blankety-blank-blank, call back in your hole, and all, all of these things. And I want to point this out. It's not just me that's risking my life. Steve Quayle gets the same kind of threats. Doug Hagman gets the same kind of threats. I know you do. We all do. And for the people, some of these people, it's great to disagree with us. Keep us on our toes. By God, we need to be kicked in the teeth when it comes to the truth, and you need to demand the truth and push us to a higher level. But the listening audience, most of them support us so well, even when they disagree with us. But there are some out there that denigrate so much of what we do, and we're putting our lives on the line. We're putting our families' lives on the line. We're dealing, the Clintons are Dixie Mafia. I mean, there's no question. You trace them right back to the Dixie Mafia. Yep. You know, they, they kill first and ask questions later. We talk about the trail of bodies with Clinton. Well, I just told you who does her dirty work for you. And this is something that I think people need to realize. It could be Sheila and me at risk today. But you need to realize down the road, it's going to be you that might have to cross the line into the FEMA camp to get fed or to protect yourself from the riots. And a lot of you, if you end up at that point, you will not come out of that FEMA camp. So what we need to do right now is be hypercritical of each other based on the facts, but realize we're all in this together. Brown, black, white, Asian, I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your background is. They want you just as dead, and I'm talking about the globalists, as any other race. Whether you're black or white, they still want you dead. They just love it right now that they can make us fight with each other because it keeps our eyes off of them. And they fear the day when we all would lock arms across racial backgrounds, religious backgrounds, economic backgrounds, and take actions against these people. That's what they fear. And this is what we need to work towards. And we need to take the vehemence out of our independent media profession. And we need to unify. Well, we're cannon fodder to these Luciferian globalist eugenicists. Divide and conquer them. Use a little Sololinsky playbook, the Hegelian dialect. Get them all fighting in the streets like Antifa. The United Nations already doing major gun banning. They'll swoop in and round them all up in a FEMA and off you go. I mean, what a nice little playbook this is. And speaking of FEMA, Dave, you and I were the ones, ironically tying this back into the NFL, that we're talking about the DHS and FEMA and the stadium issue, signing agreements at the NFL, that these stadiums were FEMA camps in hiding and were written off as, well, just like I was a couple weeks ago on Right Wing Watch again, the reigning town tinfoil kook. We showed the declassified documents, Dave. Can you spell Operation Mountain Guardian? Uh, 2012, I covered this on my show. 
you and I talked about it over the next couple of years intermittently. And in, in 2012, DHS signed an agreement with every major league sports operation from the NFL to Major League Baseball to the NBA, blah, blah, blah. We get to use your facilities for storage facilities for people, detention centers if needed, national emergencies. And they go, oh, sure. And see, this extended to uh, um, shopping centers, Simon Properties, the largest owner of shopping malls and strip malls in North America, signed the same agreement. And, you know, it wasn't too long after that, Sheila. Do you remember when I was writing about Jade Helm and I said, uh-oh, looky here, these shopping centers, they're having guard towers put on them. And I started uh, detailing this and I published the pictures. Do you remember all yes, those articles? Yes. And, and this is why I'm telling you folks, they're preparing a place. You know, Jesus has prepared a place for us in heaven. The globalists are preparing a place too, but it ain't going to be heaven. Yeah, it's what I call hell on earth. Oh, and speaking of out of the pit of hell, where besides Hollywood do we see a ruthless culture of sexual exploitation? If you guessed NFL folks, you'd be absolutely right. Dave and I have covered for 10 years that the NFL is the biggest globalist propaganda machine out there. Ungodly, unchristian, straight out of the pit of Hell's Kitchen NFL. That's right. Pushing abortion, pushing the gay agenda, pushing the gun grab. Who can forget our little pal? Who's the NBC sportscaster? His little gun grabbing meltdown on the air, Dave. Who is that little... Um, the oh, uh, about guns? Bob Costas. Bob Costas. Who could forget that? <laughs> yeah, a little five foot two Bob Costas. And he's like a little banny rooster. You know, he struts around, <laughs> thinks he's holier than now. And it was when the, I forget the player's name, but this Kansas City Chiefs player uh, murdered his girlfriend and committed suicide. See, it's not the gun. It's the action of a deranged person. You know, Sheila, I got to share with you a funny little anecdote. Um, we were looking at the gun control arguments one day following Vegas. Vegas, and my wife was slicing up tomatoes and she goes, you know what? Uh, there was a stabbing in Phoenix yesterday. I think we should all have to turn in our knives. Let's have knife <laughs> confiscation. Yeah. And then I carried it further. I said, you know what? You could strangle someone to death. Let's just cut our hands off. We'll call it hand confiscation. I mean, where does this nonsense end? And I want to give everyone a warning here. Before you think any compromise in gun control is a good idea, I want you to consider the democide project from the University of Hawaii. They have detailed whether or not governments or world wars kill more people. The answer is government. But they also found more. There were 17 gun confiscations in the 20th century, and they were all followed by genocide. Every single one of them. That's right. Disarmament always follows mass death. What part of this do people not get? Dave, ask Chairman Mao, Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler, Idi Amin. Ask them how good gun control works. Works great. If you're the despot, <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's a great thing if you're trying to eliminate 50, 60 million people like they did in Mao's China. Well, gun grabbing, chaos on the streets, a nation on edge, looming World War III. The globalists are, they're pulling out all the stops. What is going to thwart this massive coup? WikiLeaks is set to release the biggest data dump to date. It's going to name names. Clinton's ties to Russia, Seth Rich, Lynch, Comey, the Podestas. Anthony Wienergate. What does all this have in common, Dave? I don't know. My gut tells me pedogate. What is Julian Assange really going to reveal? What's your gut on the WikiLeaks, Dave? I don't know about WikiLeaks. And I do think something's coming. Uh, let's take Vegas to a higher level. I wrote, when I learned about MS-13 being led into the country in 2014, uh, and I had reports from Border Patrol agents, I mean, give me clear, firsthand, detailed reports that they would gather up 8 to 10 MS-13 people in holding cells at the border during this invasion, and then they would release them together into the interior. And I was going, oh, my God. In fact, uh, Congressman Bridenstine from Oklahoma tried to go to Fort Sill and investigate the claims, and they wouldn't let him in. DHS says, come back and make an appointment. They turned away a U.S. congressman. But here's where this is going. MS-13 kills the political enemies of the drug cartels and their partners, the terrorists. And now they're being let into the country. And I said, uh-oh, boys and girls, we're going to have a Tet Offensive. And people say, Dave, what's Tet Offensive? And I have to forget, a lot of people weren't around for the Vietnam War, so let me just explain very briefly. In 1968, Lyndon Johnson was going on the media, and President Johnson was saying, we're winning the Vietnam War, we'll be out of Vietnam at any time. And they agreed to a ceasefire with the North Vietnamese during the Tet Lunar New Year to last three days. Well, on the first day of the ceasefire, 
predictably what happened is the group that was not losing the war, the Viet Cong and North Vietnamese, attacked every capital city in every single province in South Vietnam. And the public support for the war eroded after that point. And that was the goal of the attack. Now, the attackers were all repulsed and they suffered massive losses. But the message to the American people was Johnson's lying about the war almost being over. And this is when the public turned against the war. Now, Tet Offensive means massive attack all at once. This is what we are going to see in America. In fact, we already are. Sheila, I'm going to share something with you that I doubt that you've heard of unless you happen to just be on my website a couple days ago. I'm playing golf with my son late Saturday afternoon, this past Saturday afternoon, and I get a phone call from my friend, Monica Wazalowski, who's a State Department employee. And Monica says, oh, big news, Dave, terrorist event where I'm at. And I said, Monica, we're almost done. Let me call you when we are off the course. So my son and I were driving to meet my wife for dinner, and I said, what do you got, girl? And she said, Dave, we were at a Civil War reenactment. My boyfriend is a Confederate reenactor. They received threats to the sponsors that Antifa was threatening to blow up and kill Confederate reenactors, kind of like Confederate statues. Now they're going after Confederate reenactors. Now, the event is almost over for the day. And at the end of the day, they invite the girlfriends and the wives and the families of people who are the reenactors. And they go down to these tents, you know, Confederate Union tents, and they party the night away. And as they're really close to having this happen, and some of the families are actually starting to make their way down there, a bunch of people spectators, mostly women, saw these young men run to the tents and drop pipes and then run off. And they're yelling, stop them, stop them. And Monica is just catching the very end of this. And she kind of moseys over trying to pay attention. And then all of a sudden, the authorities swoop in and they move everybody immediately, quickly. And they went and they supposedly gathered up the pipes and they could hear the explosion as they didn't see the explosion, but they could hear the explosion where ostensibly the pipe bomb was set off. Now, I'm sitting in a restaurant with my wife, just finishing up the conversation, and I'm saying, oh my gosh, CNN's going to be all over this. I wish I was home. I could do a report. And my son said, because he's the technical one, Dad, we can do this on the cell phone and upload it to YouTube. And I said, okay. So we stepped outside, and we delivered Monica's report and published it immediately. Of course, YouTube banned it immediately. But we did. We did. Of course they did. And we got that out there. Now, here's what's interesting. Monica personally witnessed the Washington Post show up and try to gain admittance. Her thinking is they received a tip from Antifa. They were there to cover it but the authorities pushed them away. They did write a small article on this. They are the only ones besides the Common Sense Show that did any reporting whatsoever on this attempted terrorist attack that would have killed innocent bystanders that were making their way down to the tents as well as Confederate reenactors. And this was allegedly Antifa. You see, Monica's boyfriend had to sign an indemnification agreement that said if you're killed or injured, you, your family, your estate cannot take action against the organizers of this event. They took that seriously and they had more law enforcement in place. So here we have an attempt at a major terrorist attack shortly after the Vegas attack. Now, we also know the same thing almost happened in Times Square. And we know that that was foiled. They were going to kill people in Times Square, blow up a New York subway with pipe bombs, and kill concert goers in nearby area. And that plot was stopped. We've only seen the beginning. We have a huge hepatitis A breakout going on right now in San Diego. I interviewed Paul Preston on that on uh, October the 8th, and it's spreading through California now. It's deadly. Uh, We have uh, the pneumonic plague racing through Madagascar, and that's becoming a problem. The globalists are making their move. And this is what people need to realize. I called for this in 2014 when I said there'll be a, a Tet Offensive series of attacks in our country, and this is how it's going to happen. I was a little premature and people, oh, there goes Dave fear-mongering again. Well, folks, I submit to you, this is what's going on right now. The fires in the Northwest, they're not natural fires. You ask any person who covers this stuff, there's all kinds of problems with the pattern of these fires. And then, of course, there's the Oroville Dam looming in the background where just one little thing goes wrong and you're going to have a million people die from that dam breaking. You brought up Eric Holder earlier. Let me digress to one Eric Holder and what he's doing today. What he's doing today is he is a consultant to what we would call the Cal Exit movement. Now, they change names more often than I change my socks. But effectively, Cal Exit means... 
It's a George Soros, Jerry Brown move with the Bank of China, the Mexican consulate, member, former members of the Obama administration, including Holder. Lynch is a part of this, and they want to exit the United States. The Jefferson movement in the northern part of the state wants to create the 51st state. And my friend Paul Preston from Agenda 21 Radio is a part of this movement, big part of this, and their movement is constitutional. CalExit is like South Carolina leaving the Union. It is an act of revolution. And what's interesting about this is CalExit is getting very bad press, courtesy of people like myself and Paul and others. And so now they're desperate. And the UN is going to be the protectorate of California when they leave. That is the plan. And so I'm going to submit to you, Sheila, I have the following hypothesis. You got the Oroville Dam and the fires are just above it. You got the fires racing through. You've got hepatitis A and the outbreak. You basically have a massive assault going on in the state of California designed to create such chaos that they're going, the people are going to demand to get out of the federal government that can no longer protect them. That's what they're trying to achieve here. And the UN will swoop in to help manage these medical crises under the guise of humanitarianism. But very quickly, those red crosses on those trucks will turn to military Humvees, and this will be the beginning of the UN occupation, and they will use Chinese and Russian troops that have documented their presence nine times Sunday, as has Doug Hagman and Steve Quayle. This is starting, Sheila. It's starting right now. The breakup of the United States is starting right now in California. Well, you can smell the desperation. I mean, obviously, the U.S. is under hostile attack. Well, and could this whole Antifa thing be a bloodbath? Craig Sawyer pointed this out so articulately. How many hooded subversives do you think will be exterminated on the 4th when they attempt to ultimately, as I just said, start a civil war? And in fact, Craig tweeted this out. 65 million well-armed patriots have no sense of humor about little domestic terrorists trying to disrupt our peace for Soros. Therefore, he says, my prediction is 50,000 hooded snowflakes will get themselves instantly killed over something they don't understand. Sad case of the unwitting getting themselves sacrificed for evil. Veterans lock and load. Anyone with a mask or hood committing violence on the 4th has made themselves enemies of the American people. I mean, you can't really say it better than Craig Sawyer did, Dave. Yeah, Craig is right on the money. He's been on the money since he started talking, and he's totally correct. And I'm getting this from other people as well. Uh, Americans are getting the kitchen sink thrown at them. And the idea, it's, it's a shock and awe kind of deal. Hit us with so much we can't respond, and we'll be like little sheep that'll be willing to report to the FEMA camps and do what Big Brother tells us because that's the only way we're going to survive. And what I'm telling people is you need to take stock of what you have. You need to have food, water, guns, gold, ammo, and medicine, and you need to be prepared to band together with your neighbors for self-protection. If you cross that line and enter a stadium or enter a FEMA camp or a shopping center that's been converted, there's a good chance you're not coming out. You may think that our good old pal Bathhouse Barry's been strangely and suspiciously silent, to the media at least, but boy, you can bet he's the one pushing this Antifa thing. I, I know. You, listen, that is a good way to categorize it. I totally agree with what you're saying. But this man wants to be reinstalled as the dictator of the United States, pushing that group since he left the White House. In fact, I'd even argue he did it before. So I don't think he's been that quiet. He's just not in the media's eye. Where's this trusted handy-dandy advisor, Valerie Jarrett? Let's not forget she's uh, the big kahuna there with media giant ATTN. Their mission, Dave's to inform people to make a social impact and greater participation in communities. You mean greater community agitation, Dave? <laughs> you know what I think she's doing? She's back at the Garden Grove Apartments in Chicago, <laughs> and she's reclaimed her role as a slumlord apartment owner. Speaking of slumlords and scumlords and scumbags, I did this incredible video, Dave, on ex-Attorney General Loretta Lynchpin, as I call her. She's set to just this week, of course, meet with members of the Congressional Committee, sit down with the House and the Senate Intelligence Committee, possibly members of the Senate Judiciary. She's going to get queried this week about her infamous tarmac meeting with Slick Billy Clinton, the other Teflon snake, on the Russian probe, Dave. Well, guess what happened? No sooner did I get it uploaded, like I really walked through this whole thing, tied in Comey, 
just some beautiful clips of James Comey, his whole firing by President Trump, which he said it was because of the FBI's Russian probe, remember? Then I tie all that in with Bill Clinton, who sought state's permission to meet with Russian nuclear official during the Obama uranium decision. I tie that all in. The FBI uncovered Russian bribery plot before Obama administration approved this very controversial nuclear deal with Moscow. Well, guess what? It got taken down completely. I'm not talking about demonetized, Dave. It got taken down. Oh, oh my God. I mean, they have my name. They're not after my stories. Let me give you an example, okay? I have done some, um, what I think are interesting, but politically benign pieces on YouTube. I did one where I said, uh, well, uh, Putin is going to pivot towards Bitcoin, and they banned it. And then three days later, Putin issues a national Bitcoin currency. And so I published that. That was on Fox News. They banned that too. Uh, now, listen to the one they banned here. You'll, you'll love this one. Uh, there are breakthroughs now on aging. And a lot of it has to do with genetic therapy and what can be done to the size of the cells and prolonged cell life. And I went through a detailed biological explanation, tried to keep it in layman's terms. But it all was about how we can live longer. And they demonetized it. And I'm thinking, boy, that's taking depopulation to a real extreme that you can't even talk about, you know, successful aging and the scientific work that's going on with that. But it gets even worse. I had a piece on there. And like I said, I created this intentionally to show YouTube's bias. And I did a piece on how to choose the correct college for your child. And they banned that. I, I just, it's its incredible. Now, here's what you do. You can click on this little thing here that says request review. Okay, so it's out there. Okay, you're getting 2,000, 8,000, 15,000 hits. Meanwhile, your videos demonetized and you're not making any money and your expenses are the same, but your revenue is declining. So you press this and now five or six days later, YouTube will go back and go, whoops, okay, you're okay, you can do this. Uh, and so... Here's the problem. Now that YouTube video is up there with 15,000, 16,000 hits, and a week later it's 16,000 hits, and a week after that it's 16,200 hits, everyone who's seen it has seen it, and you lost all your revenue possibility. And they have demonetized nearly every single video of mine, and I don't get them back for five or six days. And I get 90% of them back. I, re I really do. I get 90% back. But I don't get them back to where people are actually putting money in my pocket so I can defray my expenses. And this is intentional. This is their strategy. And I'll tell you, they're really, really smart because, see, they're being sued. YouTube is being sued by a public interest law firm, uh, and they're suing Google. And they're basically an unregulated monopoly that's violating antitrust laws. And they're being sued on that premise and so what they're doing is they're saying, well, we're not censoring, uh, we're just reviewing. Right. But what they're doing is stripping you of your ability to basically make any kind of revenue and also denying people the right to view your video. I had one they totally took off and they sent me a really nasty note and said, you have been busted for using a deceptive title. Now, the story was that Budweiser was thinking about withdrawing their sponsorship from the NFL. And I went and I told the story and I said, this is really a good thing. Call Budweiser and let them know how you feel. And so the title was, Activists Are Winning, Go Budweiser. The title was perfectly germane to the content and they accused me of using a deceptive title and totally pulled the video down. Yeah, well, don't forget, Dave, I had my whole entire YouTube channel taken down, not just the videos. I had the whole entire Sheila Zlinski YouTube channel. So I started this Real McCoy, I don't know what the name is now of my YouTube channel. And surprise, surprise, it was after you and I were covering the British royal family, some of the intimates talked about Jimmy Savile, how he got away with abusing 500 children and sex with dead bodies and just stuff I, I won't even repeat you know, he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth and he was palling around with the royal family. I get into all of this stuff, did this mass of like 55 minute long with pictures and really got into the pedophilia. Well, next day, boom, no channel, no YouTube channel. So I started another YouTube channel in 2014. Now, here's another little coincidence when it comes to pedophiles. So about a month ago, I call out John Podesta on his Twitter feed he was saying something ignorant about Roger Stone. So I just said, yeah, says the child rapist. Called him out as the sicko that he is. Of course, he blocked me. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we have a screenshot. At one point, I had 86,000 Twitter followers. The next day, it goes to 76. I thought, wait a minute. I'd, 
I'm down 10,000 Twitter followers and it's went down a thousand every single day. And so now, so we took screenshots every day. Now I'm like almost to 55,000. My Twitter account is dwindling faster than NFL sponsors. It's incredible. Oh yeah, I get this. I get the same thing on YouTube, Sheila. Um, I'm at uh, oh gosh, I think about eighty-eight thousand followers now. I'm not losing; I'm gaining, but my rate of gain is decreasing. I get about ten to twelve emails a day from people. Dear Dave, love what you do on YouTube. Thank you very much for your work. Blah blah blah. But Dave, I don't get notifications any longer and I'm no longer a follower of yours and I have tried to go back in and resubscribe to your channel and the button won't click for me. Ah, I get that well, too, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting 10 to 12 of these a day now, yeah. you know, and so my rate of growth right now is about 3,000 subscribers a month, but I'm thinking probably, I'm probably closer to about eight to nine, 10,000 a month and uh, they're directing traffic away. I'll give you another thing that Google's doing too on the website. And I think this is really instructive for people because see, if they don't want people to read what I'm doing, if they thought I was a total idiot and they thought that people wouldn't take anything I say seriously, they just leave me alone and let me discredit myself. So I take it as a compliment that they come after me. But on my website, this is really interesting. The most people that come to my website come directly. And my website, I'm not bragging, but it's its significant. I get about 1.4 to about 2 million uh, views a month. And But my number one are people that come to me. Uh, number two, and I kind of vacillate back and forth between people coming to my webpage through one of those sources because Steve picks up nearly every article that I write every day. Uh, that's two and three, okay? Google went from where I was getting about 25 to 28,000 views a day from Google referring people down to me to where uh, yesterday I got 800. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it's incredible what Google's doing. They're doing everything they can do to block. You mean Gulag. Gulag. I love that. That's good, Sheila. Oh, you're, you and Steve Quayle are so good with the sayings. Gulag and fascist book are, well, look what they're doing to us. I mean, every other day a post is removed. We're in Facebook jail. I'm just back out of Facebook jail after a post on child sex trafficking. Gee, big surprise, Dave. That doesn't, hey, Sheila, come on. Don't put that up there because you know it's not true. There's no children being exploited across the planet. Where are these Antifa marches and women's marches for the sex pedo rings, Dave? Um, I think someone needs to ask the feminist that question. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Before you come out and say, I hate Trump, listen, his dis comments were disgusting towards women, okay? Get over it, because when you look at the perversion that was the Obama administration, it pales in comparison. The bottom line is, is the Obama administration perpetuated child sex trafficking, perpetuated the mistreatment of Muslim women, and he didn't lift a hand to help them. So if you want to march against something, march against the loony left. Well, speaking of the loony left lemmings, did you see what Hillary Clinton said to the BBC? I thought, oh, how ironic. After all, we have someone admitting to being a sexual assaulter in the Oval Office. Um, excuse me, have you met your predator husband? I mean, this voodoo spell they cast to reanimate her corpse after she died and was unceremoniously stuffed in a van, it's never going to wear off, is it, Dave? Yeah, well, no kidding. And not only that, she took hundreds of millions of dollars from Harvey Weinstein and good old Harvey Wallbanger Wallstein. Uh, kids are on his repertoire. Yeah, but I don't know, this thing with Harvey Weinstein... Something stinks about it. Why won't Hollywood's other open secret besides Harvey Weinstein come out preying on young children? How come nobody's talking about the vampant pedophilia? Well, they're trying to... Here, here's what the thing. Uh, when Loretta Lynch had a chance to prosecute Hillary Clinton and James Comey, who was on the board of directors for HSBC and Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation for laundering, getting laundered money from HSBC Bank and John Cruz who turned informant, who was a former senior VP, he went to Loretta Lynch when she was the Eastern Division District Attorney, and he gave her all this information, and Clinton should have gone to jail for the rest of her life. So, so should James Comey. But what did she do? She didn't charge him with money laundering, child sex trafficking, gun running. She charged HSBC Bank only 
with violating bank secrecy laws. So she went with the lesser included offense. And I wrote an article about that. Whenever you see that they got their back up against the wall, it's not that they won't admit doing something wrong, but they'll admit doing the lesser included offense. You see, if Weinstein harasses adult women by groping their breasts, the women have a right to file charges, call the police, back away, but they won't take it to the level of pedophilia. And by admitting to the lesser included charge with Weinstein, they're taking attention off what they really do in Hollywood, which is child sex trafficking, which is rampant. Bingo. That's it, Dave. All roads lead to child sex trafficking and pedophilia and sick satanic things with children that you don't even want to know about. That's the big connecting puzzle piece to all of this. Dave, I'm going to be on your show this Sunday night, and I'm looking forward to that. Give out your website and your info for the folks. Well, we have the infamous YouTube channel for a while until they kick me off, uh, The Common Sense Show. The Common Sense Show.com website. Uh, and uh, I think you'll like what you have there. And we get about six or seven entries up a day. And then we also have a radio show on Sunday evenings from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 8 p.m. on the West Coast. And we're on a number of stations, Talk Stream Live, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. But the easiest way to listen is just go to the website and click the Listen Live. And I'll have a phone number posted each day in a what's on the show tonight kind of deal. And you can also listen by phone. And Sheila, you are on with me. And so is my friend, Mike Adams. And I'm working on getting a really high level guest, but I don't want to say right now because I'm afraid the Intel community will block it. So I'm going to hold that out as a mystery, but we got a great show coming up and I'm really looking forward to having you on. Well, Dave, it's always a pleasure to have you weigh in on all things insane asylum is a good way to 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 put it we will see what happens if we are we going to get to sunday dave you know you're raising a good point we're coming to a nexus sheila and you're right the future is not promised i think we're going to have a christmas this year i'm not sure i can say the same thing about 2018 well i'll tell you what the big takeaway is every day when we see this caligula level insane asylum it's pretty abundantly clear that the only answer to all this mess is jesus amen i i'm uh, i'm doing a short article tomorrow that the millennials can't even get in the military because they're too fat hey put down the bonbons and your cell phone go outside exercise and then go to church that's what our millennials need to be doing couldn't have said it better well dave Thank you so much for coming on the program. I am really looking forward to joining you on your program this Sunday night. And it is always a pleasure for me to have you stop by the program and weigh in. So thank you for your time in coming on the program. Sheila, it's always my pleasure to come on your great show. And uh, I'm so glad we have you out there fighting for us. Thanks, Dave. Folks, that was Dave Hodges from The Common Sense Show. Bookmark thecommonsenseshow.com. And don't forget to be listening to me on his program this coming Sunday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have a lot of fun over there, and I hope you do tune into that. I just want to remind everyone I am sending an e-newsletter out over the weekend. Make sure that you are subscribed to it, and make sure that you bookmark Sheila.media. The new website's up and running, and I'm anxious to hear your feedback. And don't forget my Patreon goal by the end of the month. I've got a goal to reach. I'm asking for folks to become my Patreons. Let me continue to be your voice in this fight. We are in a battle, folks. And I'll tell you, things are ramping up. So again, all my information is there at Sheila.media. You will see the Patreon banner. That is a monthly contribution of any amount and every little bit helps. So I'm depending on you. Let's get this goal reached. Ooh, Monday is going to be an awesome show. Former high-level Satanist John Ramirez joins me. You know what he's shocked by? He's shocked that Christians are involved in Halloween. That is going to be a tremendous show. You don't want to miss that. That is Monday. Thank you for your support. I thank you for your prayers. And thank you for tuning into the program tonight. We'll see you soon. Good night and God bless.